Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway North Church based out of Winnipeg, Canada. Your Sunday sermon, any day of the week. All right. Well, let me just introduce myself uh, to you guys. I think a lot of, I know a lot of you, but I don't know everybody. Um, so my name is Len. Um, sometimes I do worship with Mary, my wife Mary. So you might have seen, usually I stand there. I'm not used to standing here. Um, I work at the King's School. I'm a teacher there. I teach grade 7, 8, math and science. Um, and I actually did the math. And I figured out that I spend more time with 13-year-olds than I do with adults. Uh, and sometimes I kind of wonder, like, how is that affecting me? Um, but, uh, and I'm actually not sure what's more intimidating, standing in front of a group of teenagers or standing in front of a group of adults. Um, but I think, I think this is more intimidating, actually. Um, but honestly, though, uh, I'm a pretty normal guy. You know, I live in a pretty typical house. Uh, it's blue. Um, I fish. I barbecue. I take pretty good care of my lawn. I shovel. I don't enjoy it. Um, but one thing is for sure. Uh, you know, God has been at work in my life throughout my entire life, uh, meeting me where I'm at, and weaving me into his big plan for the world. Uh, so we've been working through a series on faith. Uh, today we're going to be looking at the story of Abraham and Sarah. And they're heroes of faith. And they're, they're heroes that we can all relate to in ordinary ways. They faced a lot of challenges in their lives, but through it all, they considered God faithful. When God met Abraham and Sarah, his purpose was worked out with power. So let's begin by reading Hebrews 11, verses 11 and 12. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children, because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. And now we're going to read the story from Genesis, uh, taking up in Genesis chapter 18, verses 1 to 15. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent In the heat of the day, Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them, and he bowed low to the ground. He said, If I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought, and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so that you can be refreshed and then go on your way now that you have come to your servant. Very well, they said. Do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said. Get three seahs of the finest flour and knead it and bake some bread. Then he ran to the herd and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to a servant who hurried to prepare it. He then brought some curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared, and he set these before them. While they ate, he stood near them under a tree. 
Where is your wife, Sarah? They asked him. There, in the tent, he said. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself and thought, After I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied. And she said, I did not laugh. But he said, Yes, you did laugh. So the title of my sermon today is God's Presence, Purpose, and Power in Our Lives. It's, It's a lot of P's. It's good though. So the first point I want to make is that God's presence is with us in the ordinary. When God came to visit Abraham and Sarah, there were a lot of things about that visit that were pretty normal. He met them on a hot day during the hottest part of the day. You know, Abraham was sitting near the entrance of his tent. He's probably resting. Um, and he responded to them by bowing down and convincing them to rest under a tree, uh, you know, rest from the heat of the sun. And then he prepared some food for them. God met Abraham and Sarah in a normal place on a normal day in the summer. They didn't have to go to a special place to meet God. Um, He met them where they were. And God can meet ordinary people like us anywhere, at a gas station, in our kitchen, at school, on the bus. You know, I was just thinking about this. You know, God has met us. God has been meeting us as a church. He met us at the Sunova Center. Isn't Isn't that right? And he's been meeting us here in this school gymnasium. God can meet us anywhere. God meets us in our struggles. You know, he met Abraham and Sarah where they were at emotionally. He didn't wait for them to have it all together. You know, like, we can see, like, Sarah didn't have it all together. You know, in the message translation, it says that when one of the men told her that she would have a son, she laughed and questioned what was said. An old woman like me? Get pregnant with this old man of a husband? Right? Like, this is pretty harsh. Um, To Sarah, this promise would have been shocking, right? She was 90 years old, and she was well beyond the years of being able to have children. When she laughed, she was laughing at the thought of having a baby uh, at her old age. Uh, Sorry, I lost my spot. And this was a window into what was going on in her heart. You know, sometimes all we can do is laugh when a situation is just, like, too ridiculous. Two years ago, when the whole world shut down for a pandemic, there were times when all I could do was laugh, right? Like, new restrictions? Okay. Another lockdown? Ten days of isolation? A toilet paper shortage? Like, seriously? I think we should be able to laugh at ourselves for that one. Like, by now. Honestly. Um... But Sarah's reaction was a bit of a knee-jerk reaction, right? And I think knee-jerk reactions can, can be a, a bit of a window into our thinking 
and what, what we are going through. Some cynicism had uh, crept into her thinking. You know, God had been faithful to Sarah and Abraham throughout their entire lives, but their barrenness was something that they would have been going through and grieving for a long time. So we see Sarah uh, acting in two different ways in this interaction, right? She was standing at the entrance of the tent and listening in uh, on the conversation between God and Abraham. You know, maybe she was listening for a little bit of hope or for a shred of encouragement. On the other hand, she couldn't believe what God was saying, so she laughed. And I think that Sarah is a really relatable person for all of us. You know, we can, we can have challenges, and sometimes we can uh, be in two minds. You know, as Christians, we can be in two minds about the challenges that we face, right? We can stand in a doorway, like imagine a doorway, and we can have one, one foot, and one, with one foot, we're believing in God. We have faith in Him, and we trust what He is doing. But with the other foot, we can be unbelieving and we can be doubtful. And we question, you know, if we, were, if we even heard him correctly, right? So it's one foot in, one foot out. Um, let's just take a minute to imagine what it might have felt like for Sarah and Abraham um, to not be able to have children. You know, they would have dreamed their entire life uh, of being able to have a family of, of their own, right? You know, when they got married, they would have looked into each other's eyes, um, and they would have thought, wow, I wonder, what the, I wonder who the child is going to look like. Um, and who are they going to take after, right? Uh, but instead, they were faced with these painful reminders, right? Um, these, you know, triggering things, I guess. Uh, that they were different from their friends. That they couldn't have a family. And that would have been really hard. Um, each year, every anniversary, every birthday would have just stirred up those emotions, and maybe they would have, you know, they had faith in God, but maybe they weren't quite sure what to do. Um, they would have been wondering, you know, are we on the right track here? Um, and that would have been such an isolating place to be. Um, but God wanted to meet them in that place. You know, like, I'm not making these things up. I'm not trying to find something in the text that's not there. Like, we, we've walked through this, right? Like, we, we know what it's like to not be able to have kids, and it's, it's really hard. So I, I can relate a little bit to what Sarah and Abraham uh, might have been going through. And it can be really hard to talk about these things because it's uncomfortable. But, you know, God wants to meet us in our grief. And he's comfortable with our grief and with our struggles. You know, God knows our thoughts, and he understands us. He knows our deepest secrets and our deepest desires. He gets us. He understands our grief because he grieved. He understands our pain because he felt pain. He understands, you know, our mental health crisis because he experienced being tormented. You know, like, I used to work as a painter, and sometimes I would come home from my job just covered in paint, like, Every single part of my body that wasn't covered in clothes was covered in paint. And it would take me a long time to get cleaned up. But I wouldn't have a shower before I had a bath. And God's not calling us to get cleaned up before he meets us. You know, when God encounters us, he meets us exactly the way we are. So how do we respond to the Lord when we are struggling? Do we respond with cynicism? 
Or do we have like other ways of protecting ourselves? God is calling us to respond to him in faith. Faith that he is good, he is able, and he is sovereign. The second point I want to make is that God has bigger purposes. Um, when I was growing up, I had two sisters. Well, I still have two sisters. <laughs> and one of them was older, and one of them was younger. And they were like super artsy, uh, you know, girly girls. And they would get into like all kinds of like artistic projects and stuff. And um, they, they would uh, do these cross-stitch art projects. I don't know if you guys know what that is, one of these things. Yes. I can try to describe it to you, but it might be bad. Um, so it's, it's basically, it's, well, I will describe it. It's two wooden frames that go inside of each other. And then there's fabric that goes in there. And then you take, you take a needle with some thread, and then you, like, sew, and you make a pattern. Um, so one, one of these days, I was, like, sitting there. You know, my friends were my sisters. You know, I'm at home. And I was like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try. I'm going to be, like, I'm going to make my own artistic pattern. And they graciously allowed me. They, they got me set up with my threads and my, my own frames. And, and I tried... <laughs> I, you know, I tried to make it, and it wasn't, it wasn't very good. I mean, it, it just, I don't have that kind of attention to detail. Um, but when they would, even when they would make them, the back of the image was never as nice looking as the front. You know, the back of the image was like a shadow of what the front was supposed to look like. It was just a mess of threads, kind of like that picture on the left. Um, so in this analogy, the individual threads, they represent us and our experiences, and God is the artist who is weaving everything together. We might look at the mess of threads and wonder what God's plan is, but God's plan, or God has a bigger purpose, and he sees the whole picture. So it probably didn't make sense to Abraham and Sarah why God wanted to do this miracle with them, despite their situation and in the timing that he chose. Uh, and they definitely could not see the whole picture of what God was going to achieve through them but it's clear that God wanted them to be fruitful. So earlier in Genesis, we do see more of God's heart for his people and for himself. When God met Abraham and Sarah, he told them that he would make them into a great nation. He promised Abraham that he would be extremely fruitful and that he would bless him as, with as many descendants as there were stars in the sky. He promised Sarah that she would become a mother of nations and that kings of countries would come from her. God also wants us to be fruitful. God is a God of fruitfulness, and he wants to see his creation filled with his glory. You know, he commands us in Genesis, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Having a family is God's idea. It's his command. When we follow God, we see greater fruitfulness in all areas of our lives. You know, God wants to provide for us. He wants our relationships to be fulfilling. He wants us to enjoy our work. We also have faith that God will do greater things. You know, we believe here at Gateway North that God wants us to grow as a church. That's why he moved us from one location to two. Um, he wants to see this area was St. Paul, transformed and filled with his glory. When God speaks, we obey, and he multiplies. 
you know, we, it's, it's kind of like a seed, right? God speaks. He gives us this, this seed, and, and that seed can grow into a huge tree. Um, we do our part, but God amplifies it. We have practical needs, but God wants to meet us. You know, God can meet us in our church's finances. God can meet us in the construction of our new building. You know, God can meet us in our small groups. God's greater purpose is that he is glorified. Abraham and Sarah did not get to see God's full purpose. But we can. We can look back at the canon of scripture and we can see that, you know, from our vantage point, their lineage led to Jesus. It's not just about Abraham and Sarah being fruitful, but it's about God's ultimate plan for redemption. God wants to be glorified and, and he wants his name to be made famous. And he wants people to know him. You know, he, wants a, he wants to meet us in our struggles because he loves us and he has a plan for us. He wants to meet us no matter where we are, but his plan is actually bigger than just helping me and my, with, with my problems. He's got a way bigger plan. You know, he wants us to be his hands and feet in the world. He wants to see new life and he wants to see new spiritual births in our church. When the earth is full of his people that are glorifying him, worshiping him, and living lives that are sold out for Jesus, God gets the glory. Amen. And when Abraham and Sarah were old, when they were barren, they were as good as dead. When they put their faith in God, he got the glory. Last point I want to make is that when God meets us, his power gives us the ability to walk out his purpose. Faith is powerful. Faith sees the invisible. It hears the inaudible. Touches the intangible. It accomplishes the impossible. True faith is active. Powerfully active. You know, I grew up in a Christian home. And I went to church every Sunday. Um, I, grew, I went to a Christian school in BC, in Vancouver. And when I was four or five years old, I actually remember, it's one of my earliest memories, I remember giving my life to Christ. And at that time, I understood in some simple way what it meant to follow Christ. Um, I was baptized when I was 13 because I wanted to follow Jesus. And I experienced God throughout my entire life. And I know that he speaks to me, and I know that he has been so faithful to us. Uh, when I was in university in my 20s, I experienced falling away from God. Uh, I, I really enjoyed like the social aspects of being involved in church. Um, but at that time, my faith in him, my belief in him was really struggling. I started to look for life and fellowship in other places. I started to go to a lot of parties, and I started to pursue a lot of really unhelpful things. Um, and I think, you know, because a result of that, like making it to class on time, like my whole life really just lacked fruitfulness. I was so unmotivated. I was so stuck and depressed. And I felt to feel, I started to feel really separated from God. Um, and I felt like a hypocrite because on one hand, I would actually be out like late partying, but then with my friends, but then on weekends I would go to church and just sort of, pretend 
that nothing was different. Um, and this went on for a while, and I felt so dirty. I felt like I could never get my act cleaned up. Um, and one day I was at a young adults meeting, and the, the preacher kept on going on and on and on about how God can make all things new. And to me, this was a shock, because I, I actually did, kind of thought that I had gone too far away from him for him to ever make me new and for him to ever change me again. Um, it was a shock that God would want to change me and want to restore me, even after everything I had done. But God didn't write me off because of my choices. He was faithful to me, and he met me exactly where I was. And he didn't just meet me in my present and in my pain and in the struggles I was having. He restored me into his, into his purposes. You know, he didn't just say, like, okay, you can come back on the team now, but you're benched. Like, you're on the bench, you're on the sidelines. When you get your act together, then you can, then you can come back to, you know, glorifying me and fulfilling your calling, the things that I've called you to. No, he restored me back into his purposes. He redeemed me. And my life totally changed because I surrendered to God. And it was through faith in God that this happened. You know, I believe that God would be faithful to clean me up and restore me to relationship with him. So God's power enabled Sarah and Abraham. When, when Abraham and Sarah believed that God was faithful, he encountered them in power. When they had faith, a miracle happened to them. And their faith wasn't perfect. You know, they weren't perfect. They, they laughed at God, right? Their faith was messy and conflicted. Our faith doesn't have to be perfect for God to work, right? You know, God is looking for us to, to bring what, what we have. And he wants to meet us where we're at. God's power enables us as well. In the same way that God's power enabled Sarah and Abraham, he empowers us. Hebrews 11.11 says that Sarah received the ability to conceive. Another translation says that she received power to conceive. And when I looked at the Greek word of, of what this, like, this uh, receiving the ability meant, when I looked back to the original translation, the word is dunamis. And it means miraculous power, ability, and abundance. This is talking about fruitfulness, right? Um, and this is the same power that Jesus promises us when he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. God wants to empower us for his purpose. And we need his power to change the situations that we are in. And he wants to meet us, and he wants to transform us. So I want to close by taking a moment to listen and respond to the Holy Spirit. Where do we need God to meet us today? What struggles are we going through? What challenges or issues are we facing? You know, sometimes having faith is easier said than done. Um, maybe we're at an intersection in our life, and we really need direction from the Lord. 
God wants to meet us in those places. Where do we need to realign ourselves with God's purposes? Are there areas where we can be experiencing more of God and more of his fruitfulness? You know, are we pursuing God or are we pursuing other things? God wants us to pursue him and his glory. And where do we need God's power? Perhaps we are struggling with having faith for God to move in a particular situation. The question I have for you is, is anything too hard for the Lord? I actually think there, there might be another thing for us to consider. There might, there might be people here who are wondering if, if it's worth it to put our faith in God. Um, maybe we've been like burned, or maybe we feel like it's not worth it to put our, put our trust in him. It might feel risky to have faith in God. But I want to say that Jesus is calling you today. He loves you. He has a plan for you. And he wants to meet, meet you. So let's hold these things out to the Lord. And let, let's, uh, let's pray. Lord God, I just thank you that no matter what we are going through, what we are experiencing, uh, you are always with us. You don't wait for us to be uh, perfect. You don't wait for us to get our act together. You want to meet us exactly where we are. And you are with us, Lord. We want to bring these things to you, Lord, today. And we want to ask that you will come meet us today in these areas. Whether that's finances, Lord. Whether that's relational. Or whether that's our health. We want to bring these things to you, Lord, and ask that you will meet us in these areas. Please gift us with the gift of faith. Help us to have faith in you, faith that you are faithful, that you are good, that you are sovereign. Help us to trust in you, Lord. Help us to hold these things with open hands, Lord. We're open to you, Lord, and we want you to speak into our lives. And direct us. Help us to be fruitful in our lives, God. Help us to to see that fruitfulness and to turn away from things that aren't focusing on you. And we want to turn back and we want to focus on you, Lord. Come into our lives and change us, God. Meet us. Meet us in our hearts and meet us practically. I pray that your name would be made famous in our lives, in West St. Paul, in this whole world, and that you would be glorified. And I thank you that you are always with us. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to the Gateway North podcast. We hope you've been challenged and inspired from God's word. To find out more about Gateway Church, head to gatewaywinnipeg.com.